Well, hello, my scary, scary little friends. Welcome to another edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South, episode 73. I'm your host, Stephen LeBooth. I'm here to scare you, scare your socks off of ya. I hope everybody's having a good week, and it's scary time. Only a couple more days till October, but I got some good stories for you guys. But, like I said, welcome to Ghost Stories Told from the South. I'm your host, Stephen LeBooth. Welcome back to uh, episode 73, guys. Wow, can't believe I'm still going doing this, but I love it, especially this time of year. It's cool. I got the perfect weather to tell you some scary stories. It's starting to get dark. Some storms are coming in right now, so it's kind of cloudy, and you see some lightning in the background, so it's some good scary weather. <clears throat> but hope everybody's been having a really good week out there. And I just want to say our numbers are growing dramatically, and I want to thank everybody for that. We had like 100 downloads the other day in one day. That's freaking awesome, man. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. You guys are the best. <sighs> but it's uh, all good. Been finding some good stuff. This is the last uh, story that I think this is South Carolina. I'm in, yeah, um, yeah. This is our uh, last South Carolina, and it's the last regular stories because October's coming. So what I'm gonna do for October is tell you some of the creepy stuff that happens in my town and in my uh, county. Yeah. It ought to be fun. I'll do a couple stories, couple legends. See what happens, mate. I, 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 I. Well, without further ado, I guess we'll get on with it. All right, guys. Hope you don't get too scared now. Get back. Kick back. Get a blanket. Get you some hot coffee or something. Sit back and listen to some ghost stories with Stephen LeBooth. <laughs> All right, fellas and ladies, we have our first story, and it's the Salem River Church. Oh, the Black River Presbyterian, Presbyterian Church. All right. The Salem Black River Presbyterian Church. Okay. Okay, this is in Sumter, South Carolina. Let me turn my gong down a little bit. The House of Worship, of worship calmly, uh, calmly called Brick Church, was founded by uh, Scott-Irish settlers in 1759 on land given by Captain David Anderson. Originally a log cabin, I mean a log meeting meeting house was replaced by a frame building and named the Salem Presbyterian Church in 1768. The first brick church was built in 1809 and used until 1846 when the uh, present church was built of brick made on the grounds. The old session house in 1846 in the rear contains a large library given by James McBride Dabbs in 1862. And he gave them land for the cemetery dating from 1794 was uh, deemed was given by uh, Robert Witherspoon in 1830. Among the notable ministers to serve its church was Dr. Thomas Reese, a scholar, a teacher, and a preacher before the American Revolution. In 1867, the African-American members withdrew from the uh, church and made their own, calling it Goodwill Presbyterian Church. In 
The church is one of the first brick buildings built in the state, and it was uh, supposedly built around 1846. This was this place has a dark. This place has a dark feel to it to some who have entered its gates. And sometimes you will even get a feeling of fear rush over you. From the church's creek uh, oh, creek rival, it is a solid it, it's its solid columns stand tall, its brick walls scaling over you. The cemetery mossy atmosphere full of full of the full of trees and thick brush it was easy to say that spirits did not rest here the church's worship hall even has a slave gallery and who knows what type of evil could have been committed to its grounds many call the southern bell ghost many call it the southern bell ghost but there are more spirits that await within the church's grounds. It is said that the church and its two graveyards are haunted by a priest from the 19th century. Him and his family even walked these grounds. A plague had came over his family and killed everyone except him, and he was the last member alive. During this time, he began to uh, curse God started satanic uh, rituals and stuff and committed satanic mischief within the church grounds. Wow. So the guy went from straight up loving God to straight up evil. There's an old shack behind the church that apparently was mm, he used to be his somehow oh, oh it used to be his some have said that they have seen a solid dark figure standing aside while the lights are on. Considering there is no glass on the windows or in or on it anywhere, it can be seen easier. The first cemetery apparently just has normal people buried within its grounds, but the graveyard in the back <laughs> is where all the priest uh, resides through that just has normal oh wait anyways sorry i messed up that's where all the priests are uh re that's where all the priests reside though that cemetery seems to be curved by thick covered by thick brush and many plants and trees to get through there are some people that have said once they have gotten to the uh, gotten to the far end of the first graveyard to the gate in the back, they could hear slight talking whispers and coming or whispers coming from those trees. Pretty creepy. So behind the original cemetery is another cemetery, and apparently you got to go through a bunch of brush and trees and stuff to, uh, you know, get to the old one. And then when you get there, you hear some damn voices. Not cool, man. Though there seems to be one act active spirit which has been seen. It seems to be the uh, lonely spirit of a little boy. He appears to be in the between the in between the ages of six and eight. He's often seen. He's often seen near the front of the graveyard, near the front gate, and as described as being very sad and depressed. Some have said to have heard a faint crying sound coming from the gate. And by the sounds, you can tell that this spirit is in pain and grieving. Little boy might have lost his life too soon or something. You know what I mean? With any, uh, with my, this is a guy talking, this isn't me. <coughs> right here. With my experiences at this church, I have noticed my phone and camera batteries 
being completely drained along with an overwhelming feeling that I was being watched. I know for sure that I have seen a figure in the very back that looked like a man's figure, but I shine the light a bit and I did not in that direction and did not see anything. But when he did dash or when he did flash his light over there, he seen something kind of dash like, you know, that he was getting out of the way. He has uh, also heard a faint crying sound. I have not yet to see the woman that is claimed to be there, so I cannot say that she is there. I wanted to walk through the back and and see the uh, gravestones because I have seen some unmarked graves out there, but once I got close to where the uh, tree lines path to the back, a very cold chill ran down my spine, and a cold rush through my uh, a cold rush of air brushed against my face. So he didn't go any farther. And uh, yeah, that's a creepy old place. Um, apparently, you know the one of the priests that uh, was living there went cuckoo. Because uh, his family died from the plague and all that. And he's still pissed about it, I take it. Well, going to get on with this second story. Let's see. What do I have for you for my second story? Let's see what's in my bag of tricks. Ugh. See if this is a shorty or kind of a long one. Hey, it's about a good five-minute story. <laughs> Sorry. It's a hit and miss sometimes. But okay, this story is about the ruins. The ruins in... I know South Carolina. <laughs> okay, well, it's in a it's these uh, ruins in South Carolina. So, yes. Okay, okay, these are some uh, haunted ruins in South Carolina. These ruins are uh, are not real as they are left over from the filming of the movie The Patriot. However, many people have said that they have heard and felt strange things as they pass by them. I'm sure they are quite bone-chilling creepy when you see them in person just standing there in the middle of the swamp. That's 170 uh, acres <coughs> preserved in gardens is located in <coughs> excuse <coughs> excuse me in, Mon in the Monarch's Corner and was originally part of the 1750 Dean Hall Rice Plantation. This spot has been featured on a number of television shows and movies, like I just said. The, ru uh, the ruins <coughs> are used to be one of the most haunted places in South Carolina, and many visitors have claimed to have heard and felt strange things while wandering around the preserve. <clears throat> Sorry about that, guys. I got a little tick in my throat for some reason. But this place has a rich history, as you can tell. It was a slave, it was a plantation, so they had slaves and stuff, and was probably very mean to them. Uh, so, like, their spirits are there, and people that have died there through the years, and then, when they go make the ruins for a show and leave it, it's kind of creepy. So, 
Yes, that is the uh, ruins in Mo uh, Monarch, South Carolina. All right, we're going to do story three. This one's a little shorty. This one, uh, I couldn't really have find a whole lot of big stories on it because there's not much about it. It's the uh, abandoned mansion in uh, uh, Santee, South Carolina. Oh, Santa, excuse me, Santa, South Carolina. One of the most terrifying things about the abandoned ma mansion is how little that is known about it. No one is sure when the location was built or when it was uh, abandoned. In fact, there are no government records at all regarding this house. It exists it's entirely off the uh, off the map and is only known as the abandoned mansion. And while it may otherwise appear to be pretty uh, to be a pretty house in need of some upkeep, this isn't at all Oh, this isn't all about the story. It's often it's often reported that lights have been seen flicking in the upstairs windows as people have passed by for as passed by. For a house that is abandoned, it seems to have a lot of activity. Yeah, people will claim of uh seeing people walking around the house, uh People will claim seeing lights like that flicker in the house, but there's really not much on this house, and that's weird. It really don't even exist on the map, and they would show you all this, and yeah, there's not much on it. I mean, just that people go in there and see stuff, hear stuff, you know, so it's a definitely a little creepy, a little creepy. Okay, this is our next story, story four. It's kind of weird with that house. There's no records or nothing on it or anything. It makes you wonder what happened there to make people just want to take it out of existence. This is uh, the Oak Cemetery, Hell's Gate, and Spartans, Spartans, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay, the Oakwood Cemetery, Hills uh, Gate, Spartansburg, South Carolina. Oak, the Oakwood Cemetery. The Oakwood Cemetery's nicknamed Hills Gate is one of the uh, South Carolina's oldest and largest cemeteries. It dates back to the 1600s. If I'm thinking right, this cemetery has, repu has a reputation for being one of the most haunted places in South Carolina. It is home to a number of ghosts and paranormal activities. Well, yeah, look at the history of the place. I mean, that does crack me up. You know, every I don't know how many times I've read a story and it said this is the most haunted place and, you know, so. But that just goes to show you there's a lot of haunted, a lot of, haunted places out there you just gotta go look okay where was i oh it is also home to uh satanic rituals too there is a place in the back of the uh graveyard down a hill named putters field where it is said that people perform satanic rituals during the witching hour However, it is also said if you see them, you should not go down there or around them. You also should not go alone. They do not take kindly to strangers and have been chased and tried to hurt the people passing through. Many people apparently describe the grave sites as well as as well and as and have seen dug bodies up and have stolen skulls. Many people have reported that when the uh, when they pass through, they have seen people in the potters filled with skulls. Mm. 
pretty creepy. This cemetery is close to Converse College and has been known as a place for the uh, for those looking to add a little bit of uh, excitement in their lives. The oldest part of the cemetery is said to be the most haunted, which is which, according to others, seems to be the children's graveyard or part where the uh, poorest people were buried. Many have mentioned having fully charged cell phones and cameras completely dying out, even even experienced ghost hunters that have come to this area have claimed their equipment was drained of power by being in the cemetery only for a short while. The others have been the others have claimed to have been touched, seen orbs, felt cold spots and even drops of temperature in a lot of spots. Seen shadows, many have claimed that there are that there is something out there that waits and watches from some unseen vantage point. They've heard children laughing and singing. Some have been said to have seen the ghost of the children playing among the uh, tombstones. That would be creepy. Man, this place sounds pretty cool to go check out, guys. It might be worth it. Scare the freaking pants off of you when you see kids <laughs> playing. Its place seems to hold a very eerie feeling, even a sad feeling to those who have been there. Well, no shit, it's a fucking cemetery. What do you think, it's going to be cheery and all nice? and All cemetery, ugh, cemeteries have that sad feeling to them. I've never been to one that had a happy feeling. <coughs> I myself have been to the, or this isn't me talking now. I myself have been to this place, but like I said, I wouldn't uh, recommend going there alone if you choose to walk through, not only because of the spirits, because of the living. <laughs> How'd you like my scary laugh? <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Okay. Now we're going to go to... Oh, this is a North Carolina. This is in North Carolina. And this is uh, the Devil's Tramping... Oh, the Devil's tra uh, Tromping Ground. Okay. The Devil's Stomping Ground is a 40-foot diameter circle, completely absent of life. Nothing will grow here. Leave something in the circle, and legend says it will be thrown out of out the next day. Apparently, the devils need plenty of room for dancing at night. The Devil's Tromping Ground is located 10 miles from Silver City in western Chatham County in North Carolina, I believe. It, it, it is a foot-wide bare path bearing a perfect circle 40 feet in diameter. diameter. Regionally, regional legend mountains that Satan frequents this area on his nightly walks, pacing the circle as he complaints his uh, evil deeds. Normal vegetation surrounds the circle, but only a wiry grass grow only wiry grass grows inside it, and no plant life of any kind can be can be found on the path itself. Locals have been uh, unsuccessful in trying to transplant the wiry grass to another soil. Visitors have attempted to anchor sticks <coughs> and other obstacles in the uh, barren area, but morning always finds the uh, obstacles cleared away. In addition, the devil's I can't even talk devils. 
the devil a certain explanation numer and numerous anyways in addition to the devil the devilish explanation numerous other theories have been aroused to account for this strange north carolina landmark some people believe the spot was a, an ancient meeting place for the local navajo american tribes who made their burial circle with ceremonial dances. Another explanation links the area to the legend of the lost colony of Roanoke Island. The story holds that the tramping, tramping, tramping grounds was an area called Garotten, named after the fallen tribal chief buried there after a battle. In the word Garotton, carved in three of uh, the Roanoke Island, uh, three of the Roanoke Island trees, referred to this battle, this as a battle site. In most of these stories, the tribal gods purposely preserve the burned circle as a memorial to their uh, followers' uh, loyalty. Scientists explain scientific explanations for the uh, devil's tromping ground have been offered as well. Some some say horses used in the uh, operation of the old uh, Malois mill created the spot for the constant circulation uh, trending. However. Comparisons to the past formed at similar mills <coughs> do not support its theory. Possibly the most uh, explanation is uh, from soil studies once contacted by once conducted by the North Carolina Department of Agriculture. Samples of earth taken from the bare path proved to sterile do on it an extremely salt content the remain <clears throat> the remains of natural salt licks are also found on the in the area too so if you're ever in north carolina go check out the devil's tramping ground tromping ground i mean that was a pretty good story people say they've heard some crazy stuff out there ah and there's always got to be devil worshippers. Why? There's got to be devil worshippers. Why? Why devil worshipping is around? I don't know. All right. Now we're going to go over the brown mountain lights in Brog County. I believe this is a uh, South Carolina story. I hope I'm right. Okay. Let's get on with it. Brown Mountain is a low ridge in the Burke County that during a dry, crisp even, evening in the autumn is host to a genuine, baffling mystery. Okay, let me stop. Sorry about that. That was Lexi calling me. Okay, on a nice, crisp autumn night, it is host to a genuine and baffling mystery. When conditions are right, the mystery mystery of the glowing orbs of the glowing orbs can be seen to rise up off the mountain. However, the wobble the wobbly about fifteen feet up. In wobbling about 15 feet up in the air and then disappear. There's no denying that the lights are real. They have been observed by countless witnesses, photographed on many occasions, but they're, but they are still unknown why they're there and why they come out. The Brown Mountain lights have, have been observed for centuries and multi-legends uh, have risen around the uh, phenomenon. Phenomenon. 
The Cherokee were aware of the Elites, and according to some accounts, claimed that the Elites were the souls of Cherokee women searching for their men who have died in a great battle between the Cherokee and the Cadobe, the Cadobe that took place in took place on Brown Mountain. Another legend says that the lights are the ghostly echoes of or the ghostly echoes of lights that appeared during a search for a murdered woman in the 19th century. But what was once the most widely known legend was recorded in a song in the 1950s by the duo known as the Sweethearts of Country Music. Scott Wiseman and Myrtle Eleanor Cooper were both North Carolina natives who sang recorded who sang and recorded as Lulu Bella Lulu Bell and Scotty from the 1920s until the 1950s a married couple the two performed together from 1935 until 1958 as regulars on the Chicago radio stations the song Brown Light, uh, Brown Mountain Light, penned by Wilson, tells a version of the story where a man occupied by a slave be- begins. Begin, be, okay. Where a man occupied by a slave becomes lost while hunting on the mountain. The man is never found. The slave returns to the mountain every night with a lantern to hunt for him, carrying on its search even from beyond the grave. Wiseman, who has who was from the nearby Bone Boney Boney, said this version of the story is one handed from his uncle, who took him hunting and camping near Brown Mountain. The song rose to the top of the country charts and became best-known version of the uh, legend for generations. So in that story, there was a guy with a a slave out there hunting or something. He got lost, so the slave goes back every night to look at him. I mean, look for him. All right. As far as the lights... Many different possible scientific explanations have been offered, from swamp gas to the reflections of automobile lights from the valley below. But every explanation offered up so far seems to be easily to disapprove. Yeah, because number one, how are you going to get fucking swamp gas in the middle of the forest? But who knows? I... Not a scientist, they might be right, but they're not. The lights have been observed since before automobiles existed, so headlights are in explanation that you can just throw out the window. <clears throat> and the lights were even observed during the 1916 flood that shut down all automobiles and railroad traffic in the valley below. The swamp gas theory seems. <clears throat> to be slightly hoppled by the uh, complaint absence of uh with the complete absence of a swamp so they're like me there's no swamp there some have the- theorized theorized that the lights may be a natural occurring electric discharge caused, caused by the slow movement of the geo- geo- geological fault line Below the mountain. Hmm. That might make sense. You know. It just might. Whatever the, the their cause. People still flock to see the brown mountain lights. But spotting them is never guaranteed. Report, report, reportedly your best chance to see these lights comes on a dry, clear night in October or November. After all the leaves are off the trees. That is pretty creepy. Kind of cool, though. So if you're ever around, go check out the Brown Mountain Lights.
That's what I do when I'm bored. I always check out the Brown Mountain lights of Brown Mountain, miss it now. Okay, I got another good one. Huh, this might be a good long episode. Okay. We got the Great Dismal Swamp. <clears throat> okay, the Great Dismal Swamp is one of the largest wilderness areas on the eastern seaboard. It covers parts of southwestern Virginia and northeastern North Carolina. Back in the days, George Washington, the swamp encompassed millions of acres of marshy land, but centuries of human habitation have disrupted its natural ecosystem. Numerous numerous ditches and canals have been carved into the land, the earliest finished in the late 1760s was a five-mile-long ditch and known today as the Washington Ditch One. The longest, uh, the longest called the uh, Dismal Swamp ch- uh, Channel, took over two decades to complete. Constructing, constructing such an artificial waterway requires draining exact, 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 Draining existing lakes and rivers and looping trees from their surrounding woodlands. As a result, today, oh, 112,000 acres of swamp remain. Huh. To the Great Dismal Swamp National Wildlife Refuge oversees the preservation and protection of these precious remnants we mentioned the okay i mentioned that the great dismal swamp was briefly in our post on oh never mind i ain't reading that uh two famous poems there's been uh poems written about this place uh by Edgar Allan Poe called The Lady of the Lake. Um, And there's been... What did I just see here? Okay, there's been writers too, like uh, the one book's called The Great Dismal Swamps uh, Glomines. Glomin, Glomin, anyways, he wrote a book about it, and Lake Lake, uh, Tremound is located in the center of the swamp, and Robert Foster, Robert Frost visited uh, the lake and wrote a book about that, Um, there's another book called The Tale of Dismal Swamp. Okay, and then, of course, some more guys that wrote poems and stuff. Oh, this was what? Well, I should have read better because it's really don't tell a whole lot about it. Huh. In the river, when the Dismal Swamp was finally complete. Okay, the Dismal Swamp was complete in 1814. Jeez, no wonder it took them so long. And in nineteen seventy four it became a national park. Y'all hear the thunder? Yeah. It's a creepy night out there. Sorry I screwed this story up, but there isn't really they tell more about the history of it and not a whole lot of the uh Stuff that goes on. I mean, they see stuff, hear stuff here. But it's the uh, Dismal Swamp Canal. Well, sorry for uh, me uh, messing that up. I didn't mean to. 
Okay. Let's go on with another story. Sorry if I screwed that up. But I think, yep, this is our last story of the show, fellas and ladies. Okay. Our last story for the evening is Linda, the ghost of the Jamestown Bridge. Ooh, I'm already scared just thinking about it. North Carolina has its share of ghost tales, unexplained phenomenons, and tales of super supernatural, and tales of the supernatural. One such tale comes from Jamestown in Gulford, Gulford County. It is said that the spirit of a young woman haunts the underpasses of two bridges. One is a railroad bridge over E Main Street, currently in use, and the other is an abandoned bridge nearby. The abandoned underpass may be the site of a fatal car accident many years before. The spirit, the spirit known as Linda, has been seen on rainy and foggy nights as she walks alone in these walks alone or stands beside the the road searching for her help to get back home. The legend of Linda is based on sightings and stories over the past over the past 70 or more years of a young woman while as she stands by the road attempting to flag down passing motorists for help. The ghost is believed to be that of a young woman who died tragically on the bridge many, many years ago. The story, the stories that have been around the alleged sightings share a common detail of a fatal car wreck accident that occurred as a boy and a girl dove to, drove to a dance, perhaps the prom, on a rainy night, kind of like tonight. So, don't be passing over bridges right now. It's raining. Might slip and fall or something. And since the accident, the spirit of the young... Okay. They was going on a rainy... Okay. They was going to a dance on a rainy night. And then, of course, you know, they went right off the bridge. And since the accident, the spirit of a girl wearing her... Formal dress returns to the scene seeking help. Local lore tells of the first sightings of Linda around 1924. North Carolina folklorist Nancy reports include the account of an eerie sighting of a woman near the bridge in the in her 1959 book Ghosts and Mysteries in the Old North State. As they collected uh, as they collected from a man named Brock Hertzson, he told of his encounter with a young woman as he traveled home to High Point on a rainy and foggy night when the when he was Oh, when he was... Okay, 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 okay. It happened on a fog and rainy night when he was a student at North Carolina State University 30 years earlier in 1924. Back then, the bridge was uh, over Highway 70 nearby and although since abandoned, it is within view of present-day railroad bridge over Main Street, Henderson, Claimed to see a girl dressed in a white gown. She she signaled for him to stop and ask him to help her to get to High Point. He drove her home and when he went to get out of the car, she uh, had vanished into thin air. He knocked on the door of the house, asked if the girl was there, only to learn from the mother that she has been killed in a car accident and it's in a car accident at the nearby overpass the year before. So a year after she died, 
They started having sightings already. Man, I love it. It's lightning and thundering. Sorry. I don't know if y'all can hear it, but it sounds groovy. Scary. Uh, anyways. Where was I at? Okay. Okay, I am right there. There have been uh, many attempts to match records and evidence with real, with a real person's named Linda, but none have turned up any, any, uh, any hard, uh, hard evidence or proof of a young woman by the name who may have died in an automobile accident in the area during the 20s. So they've tried to look for records and stuff, but they just are not having any luck. So, where was I at? In recent times, two local researchers have been chasing the Linda legend for many years. Amy Greer and Michelle Ranger... Ranger came upon an article in the uh, Greensboro Patriot from June nineteen twenty one, uh, June twenty first, uh, nineteen twenty, that reported the traffic death of a young woman named Annie Jackson, who had been killed on the High Point Road, about three miles from High Point, and close to the location of both bridges. In the account. I mean, in the uh, in the account, when the driver lost control of the vehicle, Anna was thrown from the car. The article noted that the road was wet and the car turned uh, turtle or turned over. Might might this be an origin of the ghost in the legend? You never know. Googly boogly. And this computer sometimes it will freeze up on me. It just like there it goes. That one seems like a creepy story too, but I'm not done yet. The story of the ghost Linda is part of the cultural myth known as the Vanishing Hitchhiker. One of the first systematic studies or uh, studies of an of examples of the legend constructed was made in the 1940s by folklorists Ray Ros Roselle Hankey and Richard Baisley. The folk legend continued to be studied and has taken hold in popular myth, urban legend, and in television and in film. And in 2000, the story received attention in the North Carolina Folklore Journal were the details about the history of the publication of the myth. Variations of the tale and examples of how each generation has left its own spin on the tale. <clears throat> no, that is true by the time you tell this person, tells that person, tells that person. Pretty big story. Many, many people over the years have complained to have claimed to see the girl in white alongside the road. Some have stopped to help any observe her van any observe any okay. Some have stopped to help only to observe her vanish when they step out of their cars or excuse me or turn around for a moment. Today the old bridge is is locked in, in vines and overgrowth giving it the aura of mystery and supernatural but underpassers have become uh, but the underpass ha has become graffiti uh, with a lot of graffiti and stuff like that so but yeah that's the story of that girl well we had some pretty good stories today i must say i must say I hope you guys didn't get too, uh, you know, scared. But 
I hope you did too, because that's my job. To tell you scary stories. <laughs> ah, ah. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the show today. Now, next month, remember, since it's Halloween, I'm going to be doing stuff of my hometown. Legends, uh, ghost stories, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, we're going to do that. And I think it'll be great and cool. So, Come back uh, for next month now. And like I said, I want to appreciate. Uh, we got a couple days left, but it looks like we're on track to beat our all-time record of downloads. So if that happens, I want to thank you. Even if it don't happen, y'all have still been good to us this month, downloading like crazy, listening like crazy. Uh, I'm starting to put stuff on Anchor over there. And I'm going to put on some new episodes over there. Probably some other stuff. But I'm charging it. That one uh, we're charging. It's only 99 cents. So if you want to help me out in any way, go over there and get a subscription to me for 99 cents, man. That's all I ask. Ain't much. I just need to put a little bit more money into my podcast, you know, because I don't make nothing from it. But I don't care if I don't make any money the rest of my life doing this. I love doing this. It's awesome. And thank you guys for downloading. That's my real reward. And we're growing in subscriptions. People just coming on board. Seeing what's going on, man. <sighs> but I hope you all guys sure did love the stories today. Hope it didn't scare you too much. But don't forget to check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, pretty much everywhere. I'm getting working on getting our YouTube channel caught up. Go check us out there. Um, yeah, so it is what it is, my friends. So, and if you're uh, watching the YouTube video, make sure you keep you uh, hit them like buttons and give us a thumbs up on the uh, YouTube, too, guys. But check us out there, send us an email at ghost stories told from the south at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, check us out there. I'm going to try to start getting with Lexi to put up some Halloween stuff for, uh, you know, Halloweeny. <laughs> but I hope you guys have been good. Stay scary, my friends. And this has been Ghost Stories Told from the South. I'm your host, Stephen LeBooth. I hope you had a good, e a good time tonight. But you guys have a good evening and try to get some sleep if you can. <laughs> Bye.